Okay. Yeah. Hey, amen. All right. Well, uh, good morning, Fellowship Highcrest, wherever you may be. Um, it's just been an honor to be here. Uh, and Braille was saying something this morning about how, how in this time of separation, we just, we shouldn't take this time of togetherness for granted and this time of even togetherness and worship for granted. And I'm not. Um, this has been needed and great. And I appreciate the talents and gifts of the music team, tech team, everybody here um, that have allowed us all to experience this. Um, so anyways, <laughs> I digress. My name is Colin Blue. Um, I'm a lead deacon here, and I'm part of the teaching team at Fellowship Highcrest. Um, and so the first thing I want to say before we get going uh, is, is well done. Well done. Uh, you're adapting to this new normal of the COVID season. And so parents, um, I also just want to specifically address you because I, I, I am one. Um, I, I want you to know that uh, I know this time has been hard, um, but I wanted to encourage you that in your trying in this moment, that trying, it's going to echo in your lives and the, the lives of your, your kids. Um, so thank you for pushing through whatever battle you're fighting uh, this morning to, to meet with us virtually. And I just want to let you know that we love you, um, truly. So that being said, let's get going. Today we are going to be continuing our journey through the book of Romans. Um, John and Jill hit, uh, hit hard last Sunday on Romans 12.3, which set us up to look at verses uh, 12.4 through 8 this week. Um, these verses, they can be found on page 682 of the Blue Bibles that are typically in the seats here uh, at Fellowship Highcrest, uh, if you've attended here in the past. And hopefully uh, you'll get to see them when we attend here in the future, uh, however far in the future that may be. So um, if you don't have one of these Blue Bibles, no worries at all. We're actually reading this morning out of the New Living Translation, so feel free to get out your phones or your tablets or your computers or actually, the, you know, they make the page Bible things too. So we can get those out as well. Okay, so let's start this morning uh, by being real with each other. I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of my early life wishing that I was someone else. I thought that I should be good at things that I wasn't good at, and I wished that the things I was good at, well, I wished that they would go away because I considered those things nerdy. My parents were great, but in the, the times I was ticked off at them as an angst, angsty teenager, I angrily thought that I should have a, you know, different parents. Um, my greatest struggle was wishing that I would have a different body. Though. Um, since my current one was plagued with, with weight problems and migraines and nerve injuries and all those kinds of fun things, it kept me from participating in the normal things of life. So have you ever been in those spaces? Well, today we're going to confront these thoughts head on by talking about how we've all been created with giftings that have a purpose. Romans 12, 4 through 8, just as our bodies have many parts, each part has its own special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well so if God has given you the gift and ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. 
If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you the leadership abilities, take response, that responsibility seriously. And if, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Let's revisit this idea of our own inadequacies um, here just real quick. A lot of you, you actually know what that feels like. You know how it feels not to feel good enough or, or to feel like you're right in the eyes of society or really to feel right in the eyes of yourself. We all have these moments where we want to be pro athletes or famous musicians or political leaders or maybe rich business owners or even like swimsuit models, whatever it may be. There's this list that goes through all of our minds. In our time together, we're going to confront all of these thoughts head on by talking about how we've all been created with giftings and how we've all been created with a purpose. I know that sounds like a, like a cat poster or one of those inspirational cliche sayings, but I hope that after we shut off our screens and let the, the word of God sink in, that we come to the conclusion that we're all gifted in some way. Not only that, what if we saw our giftings uh, as not only important to ourselves, but really to the body of Christ and for those around us? So here's the deal, everyone. How we handle our gifting directly impacts the world and the kingdom of God in big ways. Point number one, we're all gifted in some way. If you would have asked me, or the teenager me, or really even the early 20s me, what are you good at? I probably couldn't have told you. Um, I might have said something like, I don't know, playing my bass or making people laugh, but, but deep down inside, I really felt like I didn't have anything to offer. How many of you right now could raise your hands if I asked you to tell me what you're good at? What qualities or special skills do you bring to the table? And I don't mean like the results of your spiritual gifts tests or, or your Myers-Briggs or, or any of these other surveys that you can take. Like, have you ever taken the time to think about what you do effortlessly? Or do you even believe that you have something that you're especially and innately good at? And Paul addresses this in Romans 12, 4, 6, or 4 through 6a. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of one body. We all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So as we take a look into these verses, we really have to take a deep dive into the cultural context of, uh, at the time that Paul wrote this letter. Now, <clears throat> I know that that may seem just a little boring to some of you, but just trust me, it's super important to understand the church in Rome to fully get Paul's message here and really in the whole uh, book of Romans. At the time of this letter, the church in Rome, it, it looks way different than our church does today, or even, or especially like when we gather in one space. As Jonathan said last week, it was a, a bunch of gatherings and, and big and small homes, and, and the message we're actually hearing um, wasn't read to these homes by Paul. That was read by a woman named Phoebe. This is important to recognize because physically, the church in Rome was more fragmented than, say, FBC Highcrest when we're here. And to add to that, the church in Rome was diverse in its membership. There were rich, and there were poor, and there were Jews, and there was Gentiles, and there were slaves, and there were free. Um, also, there was a cultural separation going on between them. 
Um, there, were, there were Jesus-believing Jews, and there was Romans who had converted to Christianity. Each people group looked down upon, or at least, at the very least, disagreed with one another on various points. So, for instance, the Jewish believe, or the Jesus-believing Jews uh, didn't like the things that the Roman Christians ate and really the ways that they ate them. There was so much division, so many differences. And so we get the letter to the Romans and especially these verses, Paul made a point to help them realize that they are still one body. And that each person in that body had a function or a gift that the Lord had given them, regardless of the disagreements that divided these peoples. Paul wanted them to understand they were on level ground, they all had worth, and they all had function. Our church, Fellowship Highcrest, and on a bigger scale, really, the universal body of believers is made of a beautiful diversity. We come from different backgrounds, and we have different incomes, and we have different physical appearances, and languages are spoken differently, and we have different political beliefs, and different family cultures, and different upbringings, and different understandings. And each one of us are unique people with unique stories who have been gifted by the grace of God. Let me put emphasis on this. By each one, I mean everyone. So you, me, John, Braille, Jill, all have a quality and a skill set that comes naturally to us. However, the true power comes when we complement and when we supplement each other with these gifts. We're diverse, but, at the, but we're one at the same time. And we get, if we look at 1 Corinthians 1.10, we see uh, it say, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be, one, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Our diversity makes us stronger. It should connect us. It should not divide us. Are you offended by someone who confronts you when you're actually wrong because they have the gift of confrontation? Are you jealous of someone who gets the ability to teach, whether it be on stage or in a classroom, or maybe it's a conference that you've gone to in your professional life? Do you think maybe you could lead something better. Well, maybe it's the church. Maybe it's your small group. Maybe you think that you could lead better than your boss in the organization that you work in. Listen, the options for division are endless. The path to connection is difficult. And the road to unity requires Jesus. Yes, we're diverse. We are gifted we're to use these talents and bents to complement each other. There, there is something important, though, that we need to keep in mind on a day-to-day basis. And that brings me to point number two. All of us are to use our gifts with excellency. An angsty, as an angsty young Colin matured, and just believe you and me, um, I'm still maturing and have not maxed out. Um, I am constantly finding out more about myself. 
through God's work on my heart and and mentorships and honest friendships and and even counseling, I've been able and to to be blessed to look at myself more clearly. I believe at this point in my life, I I can sit down and I can look at you in the face and I can honestly answer what I'm good at. And I can honestly answer what I've been blessed to be gifted with. The question is now, well, what do I do when I solidify the knowledge um, that I have? So that brings us to Romans 12, 6b through 8. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage, be encouraging. If the gift is giving, give generously. If God had given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Paul takes the time here to list out a few spiritual gifts that are possible. The first thing we have to note, though, in this list is that it's not meant to be an exhaustive one. So uh, just because you don't see yourself fitting in uh, or seeing yourself as like, oh, I can't prophesy, that's not my strong suit, well, that doesn't mean that you're ruled out. The second thing that Paul makes sure to note on each gift mentioned is that we're to do that action, that gifting, with excellence. If we're given the gift of serving, serve well. If we're given the gift of teaching, teach well. If we're given the gift of encouragement, actually be encouraging. If we're given the gift of giving, then give generously. If we're given the gift of leadership, take it seriously. And if we're given the gift of kindness... Just be kind, and on and on and on. As a Christian, we do things for the glory of God. That means that we do everything with the most integrity, efficiency, and effectiveness possible. We don't cut corners. We are not lazy. We move to serve the body and to serve others, and we use our gifts as they manifest themselves for others. But here's the deal. We can start to see this manifestation in three distinct ways. Way number one, we're selfish with our talents and our giftings. Two, we're apathetic with our talents and our giftings. And way number three, which is where we want to get, we're Christ-like with our talents and our giftings. And so I want you to hear this and believe you and me, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to anybody else. Selfishness and apathy will not contribute to the body. It will not grow God's kingdom and it will not reflect Jesus, period. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, we see it to say, so whether you eat or you drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do we do everything to the glory of God or for the glory of ourselves? Do we continually seek the Spirit's guidance? How, if wielding our gifting is so hard, do we actually move forward? And that brings me to my next point. We have to power up. What does it look like for the church to work together with its giftings? What does it look like for myself as I discover my gifts? How do I work in tandem with the body? And and here's the deal. The answer is easy. We become the Avengers. I know that's a little nerdy, 
I warned you previously. But stick with me and let's revisit these verses one more time. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Hulk is the brawn. Iron Man is the brains and the money. Captain America, he's the integrity. Black Widow is the out-of-the-box thinker, and Hawkeye is just lame. Yes, I know. If you got like a Jeremy Renner thing going on, don't at me on social media. Each one of these characters on their own can do great things, but, but none of them save the world by themselves. They're always working together, except for that one movie that really wrecks this illustration. They are always fighting together. As we work together in the body, we function, we fight, and we work in a way that has far more impact than if we tried to run this whole show solo. Something I'll never forget, a line that my mentor told me once, and it's stuck for years now. You've been given the ability to speak and confront. If you don't speak, Colin, people die. So let me clarify what he meant by this. While it may be true that our our actions affect the physical lives of others, sometimes being life or death, he meant this uh, from an eternal death perspective. What I do can influence what and how people believe about God. This phrase has weight. It puts responsibility on me to use my gift in a way that shows Jesus, this phrase is it's hard to hear, but it's absolutely true for each and every one of us. If you don't lead, people die. If you don't encourage, people die. If you don't teach, people die. If you don't serve, people die. If you're not giving, people die. If you're not kind, people die. The list goes on. Our gifts are tied to the eternities of others. And this is the reality that we live in. We're, we're at war. The enemy would love nothing better than to, to have the body of Christ separated. He'd, he'd love it if we're all self-focused, if, if we're all apathetic. As a matter of fact, uh, he does his best to put us in those spaces with the lies that he speaks into each one of us every day. That's the way that we would be if we were left to do this by ourselves. How many movies have you seen where there's a villain with talent or, or skill or maybe superpowers who, who doesn't have the maturity to wield those gifts? What happens? Things get destroyed. People get hurt. And something has to come against them so that the destruction stops. I don't know if you've really seen any of the Thor movies or the Avengers, but, but that's Loki in a nutshell, right? He's incredibly powerful. He's brilliant and he's charming, but his jealousy for his brother and his desire for power causes countless, countless deaths and destruction of worlds. That would be me. And that would be you if it were not for Jesus. We were given a gift, a man who paid for our sins with his own sinless life. Through him, we are given a Holy Spirit, a a guide, a helper 
to help us fight against selfishness and to fight against apathy. This Jesus died so that we could grow closer to him and so that we could grow closer to each other. He died so we could power up. Do you know him? Do you want to know him? You can by doing something we call stepping over the line of faith. And right now I'm going to pray, no special words, no no special order of words. Um, I'm just going to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. If you hear God speaking to your heart right now, wherever you may be, let him in. Give your heart to him and give your gifts to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for this moment that I can be with my brothers and sisters. And I, I lament and grieve that we can't all be here together, but I take solace in, in uh, encouragement and my heart raises to the fact that you're here anyways. You're in the homes of those who are watching and you're the cars of those who are driving. You're speaking and stirring lives. You're doing things that regardless of whatever gift I may have or we may have, you're doing something that I cannot do on my own. Thank you for the gifts, for the, for the power and the empowerment that you provide us. And I pray that we would just work together that we would be as one and that we would love one another as you love us. I pray this in Jesus' name.